0: Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well then buzz on over to bzid.com. BZ is your number one online auction source for brand name new items from companies like Apple, Sony, Canon, Dyson, Samsung, and more at discounts of 75, 85, and 99% off retail.
1: Go to bzid.com and use the offer code VIP and get three bids for the price of one. That's offer code VIP to get three bids for the price of one. Go to bzid.com, B-E-E-Z-I-D.com, BZ.com.
2: You're listening to the House of Cards, the voice of gaming in New Jersey, on AM 1360
1: WNJC. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen... Boys and girls.
2: The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player, Ashley Adams.
3: Okay, you have some skin.
4: Hello, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. Welcome to House of Cards. You know, it's tax season, at least uh, when we're recording this show. And we have uh, a guest who is an expert on tax law, especially as it relates to gambling. His name is Brad Palazzano, and we're going to be talking to him about the implications of Internet poker and taxes, as well as people who just play in uh, brick-and-mortar casinos and the tax implications of playing winning poker. We're also going to have on as a guest Hal Koblenz, who is the vice president of the Senior Poker Tour That recently kicked off a series in Tunica and is coming to Las Vegas in April. We'll talk to him about the Senior Poker Tour. Stay tuned. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of RAD. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. But
5: if you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. Sleep
2: all day,
1: know where you're going. think that's...
0: A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council.
2: The House of Cards Hotline, available 24 hours a day. Call the hotline or send us an email at info at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. And don't forget to visit our website at HouseOfCardsRadio.com and follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. By leaving a message with House of Cards, you can send to having your message played on the air. Are
0: you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well, then buzz on over to Beezid.com. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com.
2: You're listening to the House of Cards, the voice of gaming in New Jersey. Follow the show on Twitter at HOC Radio.
1: I think it's time for us to do something. This is all getting way out of hand. What do you mean? The song is sweet.
2: You're listening to the House of Cards. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants in, get in. Anybody wants out, get out. All right, I'll play. Join us online at HouseofCardsRadio.com. Are we going to play poker?
5: So, the poker game has begun.
4: Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. We have a very smart, insightful, knowledgeable returning guest named Brad Polizano. Before Before he comes on, I want to tell you who he is because I think those of you who are listening to the show should listen especially carefully to this segment if you play poker and if you win money. Brad is a tax attorney, an accountant in New York, and assists – gaming industry stakeholders in tax consideration questions. He is an expert on tax law, specifically as it relates to poker players and other gamblers. And he represents taxpayers in disputes with the Internal Revenue Service and the New York State Department of Taxation and Finance. So he and I are going to talk about what poker players need to know when it comes to paying or not paying taxes okay you got that listeners great now brad are you there i'm
3: here thanks for the uh wonderful introduction
4: well i just want our listeners to be clear because i got to tell you i go to poker rooms all the time and i have a lot of friends who are poker players many of them have a misconception and this is their misconception if the irs doesn't get some kind of a report about their poker playing, their winnings, then it's tax-free. And they think that they don't have to declare gambling winnings, or they think that, well, below a certain amount, it doesn't really matter. There's no way they can find out. Well, I know that the feds can find out all sorts of stuff that we don't give them credit for if we're not thinking carefully. And I would like you to tell... Our listener, imagine that it's a typical but a winning poker player who wins five to $25,000 a year playing poker. Does he have to pay taxes on that, and how does he figure out what he pays?
3: He does have to pay tax on that. Every penny won from gambling winnings are taxable. Uh, take a step back even further, all income for U.S. residents it's taxable in the United States.
4: Can I deduct Unless my losses? Exa-
3: yes, uh, with limitation. Uh, you can only deduct losses up to the extent of your winnings.
4: So if I go down to Foxwoods and I play in a tournament, and uh, the tournament costs 100 bucks to enter, and I am skillful and lucky enough to win it and I win $35,000, I have to declare that as winnings, minus the $100. But what if I then go down the next week and I lose $30,000 playing in a high-stakes cash game? What do I have to declare, and how do I do it?
3: All right, well, it depends. uh, Based on whether you are considered a professional gambler or an amateur gambler under the tax code. There is, in fact, a professional gambler status recognized. The highest court in the United States recognized it in 1987. Uh, You had a a taxpayer that was engaged in dog races, um, 60 hours a week winning and losing and uh, high, high volume play. And he wanted to uh, uh, deduct business expenses in addition to his gambling losses as a business. And they went to court, the student with the IRS. Court said, yes, you're a professional gambler. You're entitled to deduct your losses against your winnings as a business, and you can also deduct your business expenses. Now, if you're not considered a professional gambler, then one must separately pool all their winning sessions and their losing sessions. So in, in this case with Foxwoods, you'd have, let's say those was the only two times you played the entire year. Okay. You have a $35,000 win, less the $100 buy-in, and you have a $30,000 loss. The win goes under other income on your tax return. Your loss is claimed as an itemized deduction on Schedule A. And ultimately, the two numbers net themselves. However, they have to be reported in different places, and they can have further implications on your adjusted gross income, because your itemized deductions are not included in your adjusted gross income, but the income is, and your adjusted gross income number can affect other tax benefits. The the point is, Again, coming full circle, it depends on your situation if you're a professional or an amateur.
4: Okay. So let's take me. I know I've done this with you in the past, and I've done it with other people, but I think it would be illustrative for other people out there so that they can determine, at least based on some objective criteria, whether it makes sense for them to declare themselves as a professional gambler or not, irrespective of how they feel if the neighbors found out that they declared themselves as a professional gambler. First of all, it doesn't have to be your chief occupation, right? I mean, you could be a professional gambler and also be a lawyer or a mechanic, right?
3: It's tough, actually. Um, We've seen a lot of cases in the courts where taxpayers uh, claim professional gambler status while also having another uh, significant source of income, particularly – Someone who has a day job, there's this one case where you had an x-ray technician who worked 40 hours a week, but he liked to go to the casinos at night and on the weekends to unwind. The court said that it was too infrequent and too inconsistent for it to be considered his livelihood and a business. So um, I think it's a, a very fine line to walk on for someone to claim that they're a professional gambler, yet have another primary source of income. Okay,
4: so really, then, the first threshold is, is it your primary source of income? And if it's... And
3: do do you have the intent to make a profit as your livelihood? That's the language that the court used when making the determination.
4: Okay, then I probably am claiming incorrectly that I'm a professional, because what I do is I fill out a Schedule C. I declare my overwhelming income from this radio show. I declare my income writing about poker. And I declare all my gambling wins minus my gambling losses, my poker playing wins minus my poker losses, minus the expenses. And that fi- And then I sometimes d- deduct money I send into a retirement account from that business. And then whatever remains I pay taxes on and what you're saying is I may be doing all that wrong because I may not meet the threshold of a professional gambler?
3: I don't want to scare you, Ashley.
4: <laughs> That's all right.
3: <laughs> um, well, it depends on how much poker you're playing. And it's not necessarily about how much you win. Uh, in fact, that case I mentioned before when the, uh, in, from the 80s with the dog racer, he was a net loser for the year. He didn't even win. And yet the court still felt that because of how much time he devoted to the activity with the intent to earn a livelihood, that was enough. I so see. amounts comparing amounts from each income source is not uh, dispositive.
4: Okay. So if I'm spending 20 to 30 hours a week doing something – But admittedly, it's not really going to make a difference in the quality of my life because it's not done principally to boost my salary. It's done more as a serious hobby than a source of income. Then it's not really correct for me to fill out a Schedule C um, for all the income that I derive from it and deduct expenses uh, in the process. I really should be declaring the income portion, and that's it.
3: Ashley, if if uh, if you want to go to court, I'd be glad to represent you. To <laughs> <laughs> let's hope
4: I don't have to.
3: Advocate that you're a professional gambler. I mean, it's a fact of circumstances determination. Okay. So, how would a court rule in your situation? I don't know. Okay. You could Be persuasive either way.
4: So it's, then let's know, take let's take a simpler case. Let's take the typical guy who doesn't think of himself as a professional gambler. And if you were to ask him, he is, well, maybe I win, maybe I lose a little bit. I don't know. I don't really keep track. Does he have anything to worry about if he doesn't score big, if he doesn't win a big tournament, if he just goes down every week and maybe he wins a couple of hundred, maybe he loses a couple of hundred at the end of the year? Hey, it's probably he's losing a little bit, but maybe he's winning a little bit. Probably it's close to a wash. Should he worry that I'm not keeping perfect records?
3: I see problems come up when tax forms are issued by the casinos and to, to the to the players, and they don't even realize it, or they forgot, or they lost it. And what happens is they get a letter from the IRS a year later that says, "We have all this information that you, you know, you won." on all these forms, uh, $5,000 combined. You have to pay tax on that unless you can prove that you had losses. Um, in the situation where they're not getting any forms issued to them from the casinos, I would say unless somebody is telling on that person to the IRS, unless they're ratting them out, I would say it's very unlikely that the IRS is going to pick up on it. That being said, there's still I, I can't I can't say that they shouldn't report all their income. Right. Uh, it's just it's just the reality of, of the situation and how it works. Right. Um, that's brick and mortar play. I think over the years we're going to see a shift. However, uh, with more play going online in the United States, now everything's digitally tracked. So it's a lot easier for the feds to, you know, just contact casinos and, and try to get detailed records on on how much people are winning and losing.
4: Yes, I agree. So maybe they'll even have a space. uh, They'll tell you whether you won or lost, and they'll have a space to pay your taxes right on the Internet so that you can be uh, free and clear.
3: You know, that that would be a blessing because um, you just see a lot of players, you know, not taking into account They're not putting a percentage aside of their winnings to account for their tax bill come, you know, next April.
4: Stick around; we'll be back right after a break.
5: Are you or a loved one currently suffering from arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and can't get relief from current treatments? If so, there may be another option. Local physicians are conducting research studies in your area today, and you may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation for participation. These studies are confidential and are taking place for a limited time. Call 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN today to see if you qualify. Health insurance is not required. Call 855-912-7246.
2: Great moments in history. In July 1937, Amelia Earhart was informed by her navigator, Fred Noonan, that they were off course over the Pacific Ocean.
0: You're lost. You just sit here telling me that I'm not in
1: Can I hold the No. Up? Now, can I hold the No. Up? That is so not cool. In
2: June 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to HouseofCardsRadio.com and click on the podcast button for all recent show downloads.
0: Some houses are born bad. You're listening to the House of Cards.
1: I never dreamed that any mere physical experience could be so
0: stimulating.
4: Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. We are talking to. Brad Palazzano, who is a tax attorney and accountant in New York, who specializes in uh, gambling and uh, casino law and the like and the tax considerations therein. My producer is asking me to ask you about the four-part feature on iGaming, and uh, I'm hoping you can address that. Do you know? Happy him? to
3: okay. um, onlinepokerreport.com. I. Uh, I wrote a four piece set addressing tax issues for players playing on online sites in New Jersey. It's, it's really fascinating stuff because we're now thinking about for the first time, what happens to players playing online on regulated sites in the United States. This has never happened. Um, So, You can read it there. It's four parts. Uh, It it, it talks about players who are from New Jersey. So the way it works in New Jersey, if if you're not familiar, you have to be physically present in the state in order to uh, create an account log on and play. That doesn't restrict it though to just New Jersey residents. So I address issues facing players who are from New Jersey, players who travel into the state from other states Because they have to maybe deal with two different state taxes, the state that they live in and New Jersey, because New Jersey taxes gambling winnings of non-residents. And additionally, I talk about players coming from overseas to New Jersey. The industry is at its infancy, and so far the numbers are small, but it's only going to grow, and this is only going to be more and more relevant.
4: Right, that's very interesting. I mean, they could impose automatic tax deduction on winnings, couldn't they, if they wanted to?
3: They could. uh, The law does not require it. So the the law does, however, require non-residents to declare their winnings, one in New Jersey, two New Jersey. Um, it remains to be seen whether they will decide to impose that withholding. I think, from a you know, like a political perspective, you'll see some pushback on that because the sites themselves, the sites themselves wouldn't want that because now their players are losing X percent from their winnings on the sites. That's a disincentive to keep playing because their taxes are being withheld.
4: Well, yeah, and it's double taxation because. If I'm playing on a site, the game is raked either a percentage of the pot or a dollar amount of the tournament buy-in, and a lot of that money that the house is raking is being raked because the casino that's running the game must pay taxes to the state based on the level of play. So if I'm paying $100 for a tournament, they rake 20 out of that 20 is going to New Jersey. So I'm taxed from my entrance. And then if I'm lucky enough to win the damn tournament, I'm taxed on the other end because I got to pay taxes on my income. And if New Jersey wanted to, they could do uh, deductions right from the winning pool and pay my taxes for me, even if I uh, wanted to hold off till the end of the year and pay them collectively. Wow. But they don't do that. This
3: could get worse, Ashley.
4: Why? Tell me.
3: (laughs) Uh, Depending on the state that the player lives in. So let's say you have someone that uh, travels from New York into New Jersey. Right. That person in New York is required to pay tax on all their income to New York State, regardless of where it's earned. Right. Now, some states allow for a tax credit if they have to pay state taxes to other states. So continuing your example, you have someone that's paying New Jersey income tax on their tournament winnings on a New Jersey site. Can they then tell New York, well, look, I paid the taxes to New Jersey, I'm not gonna pay the tax to you too, that's ridiculous. Well, (laughs) New York will not allow a credit for the taxes paid in New Jersey against New York tax if you're an amateur gambler, <laughs> so you're now paying tax to New Jersey, to New York, let alone the federal government.
4: Right. Wow. Well, that's the price we pay for enjoying the hobby or the business of gambling. I guess. Uh, very interesting. Well, you know, I'm I'm uh, deducting part of my house renovations on the theory that my business of writing and playing poker. Requires me to have a home office. Maybe I shouldn't be so uh, liberal with my tax deductions. I'm rethinking things because of you. I may be calling you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, um, a home office is a, uh, a common deduction for online poker players um, and people that work from home. Uh, it, it does get detailed Regarding how much of your home expenses are deductible against your business, right. um, you have to qualify just to have a home office. It's not, you know, if, for example, if you just do work in your living room on, the, on a coffee table, that may not qualify as a home office. Uh, the there's the specific definitions on, on what is considered a home office under the tax code and whether, you know, the corresponding home expenses may be deductible uh, uh, as trader business expenses. Right.
4: Uh, you don't have, just off the top of your head, a kind of de minimis number uh, as advice for somebody that, look, if you're winning less than X amount of money in your home games and your hobby, don't worry about it. If somebody says, oh, it's definitely under $1,000, would you say, oh, well, then don't bother? Or do you really tend to err on the side of, no, even if it's just 50 bucks, you better report it?
3: I mean, as a lawyer, I can't say, uh, you know, you can't report your income. Right. Um, can I opine on the likelihood that the IRS finds out about $1,000 of gambling winnings that isn't reported to anyone? Sure. I could say that it's probably unlikely. As far as defining that line, I don't really think there is a line. Um, one place to look for for a line are where the casino is required to report the winnings to the IRS.
4: And what what is I mean, that? Clearly. Ten grand, or what is it?
3: Well, it depends on the type of game you're playing. So, as far as poker is concerned, for U.S. residents, they only have to report players' winnings if they win. Uh, five thousand dollars or more in a poker tournament poker cash games has no reporting for players winnings
4: what about for cashing in chips do they have if I were stupid enough to bring a hundred thousand dollars in chips to the window at one time and they counted out a hundred thousand dollars from a uh, a rack of five hundred dollar chips do they have to report that?
3: Well, there's a different set of rules. This is now we're talking outside of the tax code. Uh, There's a a federal law called the Bank Secrecy Act, and it does require casinos to tell the Department of Treasury if a patron either deposits or withdraws more than $10,000 at a casino in a given day.
4: Withdraw meaning cashing in chips, not taking money out of your safety deposit box.
3: Whether you're depositing money or withdrawing money at a casino,
4: either way. But what does depositing or withdrawing money mean? I mean, I have a safety deposit box. I'm not going to get into how much money I have, but I have a lot of money in it. They don't know how much I'm taking out or putting into my safety deposit box. But on the other hand, if I were to bring $100,000 Hundred thousand dollars of chips. I'm not making a deposit or a withdrawal. I'm just changing my chips into cash. I'm asking if is that considered a withdrawal or a deposit, or do they somehow snoop into my safety deposit box?
3: You have a safety deposit box at a casino?
4: Yes, a lot of people do. Okay, um, but that's they. They don't even look at it. I mean, they make a conspicuous. Uh, effort, they make an effort to conspicuously look away when I put money in or take money out of it.
3: If you are not redeeming chips for cash, or if you are not depositing cash for chips, I, I don't believe what you do with your own safe deposit box Falls within the purview of that rule. Okay, I I
4: don't believe it does. But the deposit and withdrawal has to do with changing chips into cash and vice versa. That's what you mean, right? Okay,
3: right. So you'd be pretty foolish,
4: right, to go change more than five thousand dollars worth because you just would say, "Well, I'll change two thousand, and then I'll go to another window and change three thousand, and they'll never know."
3: No, actually, that's against the law. Um, Oh, it's called it's called structuring, and you can go to jail for it (laughs) if you intentionally try to avoid. Those, uh, those thresholds of the, of, of the reporting, the, the cash withdrawing or redeeming uh, or depositing, you could go to jail. Um, now, what are the implications of depositing or withdrawing $10,000 or more at a casino? All, all the casino does is send a report to the government. Right. They could do nothing with it. And, and my guess is they don't do anything with the substantial majority of the reports that they get. But in fact, I've seen a tax court case where you had a gambler that uh, deposited and withdrew thousands and thousands of dollars a day, and yet on his tax return, he said he was a cook and he reported, let's say, twenty, thirty thousand dollars of income as a cook and no gambling winnings.
4: Huh.
3: And 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 the IRS said, "Gee, that's interesting." So what? What's going on here? What, what, why are you uh, Why are you depositing and withdrawing all this money? Right. It raises tax. An impl-
4: it raises tax implications. Why he's not pay- paying taxes on all this money that he obviously has and earned somehow? Right. right. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to leave it at that, Brad. I could talk for a long time, but we have are out of time. Um, I appreciate you coming on for a second time, and I look forward to having you on a third time.
3: Likewise, Ashley.
4: All right, that's Brad Polizano. You can get his stuff at OnlinePokerReport.com, or you can contact him directly at Brad at TaxDude, T-A-X-D-O-O-D.com. Thanks again, Brad, for joining us. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back after that.
2: listening to the House of Cards, the voice of gaming in New Jersey. Call or text the show at 609-474-4627. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need.
5: Are your loved one currently suffering from arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and can't get relief from current treatments? If so, there may be another option. Local physicians are conducting research studies in your area today and you may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation for participation. That's right, you may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation and study related care from a local doctor at no cost, health insurance not required. If your loved one has been diagnosed with arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and are interested, If you're interested in learning more about these studies, please call toll-free 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN. These studies are confidential and are taking place for a limited time. We're looking to connect you to no-cost clinical research studies that are testing new treatments for a variety of conditions. Call 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN today to see if you qualify. Remember, health insurance is not required. Don't miss this opportunity. Call 855-912-7246. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams, professional poker player, author,
4: and host of House of Cards. You can all, wherever you're listening to our show, we're now blanketing the United States. You can send in your questions or comments about the show to info at houseofcardsradio.com. And you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash hocradio. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com
2: slash radio. Hey, this is Dave Shadow from House of Cards, with your House of Cards Gaming Report for the week of March 17th, 2014. Well, the February revenue numbers are out, and there's some good news and some bad news for New Jersey. First, the bad news. Atlantic City saw a 6% decline in casino revenues, with nearly an 11% decline for table games. The good news? Online betting revenue rose 9% for the month. The big winner was the Borgata, which saw a 14% gain in their online revenue and owns 40% of the market. One of the biggest jackpots in Pennsylvania was won last week, but not how you would think. A $1 million Powerball ticket was sold at the Mount Airy Casino. That ticket matched all the numbers except the Powerball number. At press time, no one has claimed the ticket yet, so if you bought a Powerball ticket at the Mount Airy Casino, go find it and take a look. You have until March 8, 2015 to claim your prize. And finally, the Las Vegas law has gotten their man, and it's actually a pretty famous one. TMZ and ESPN have reported former World Championship boxer Antonio Tarver was arrested in Florida after a routine traffic stop revealed that he was wanted on a fugitive warrant issued in Nevada. The warrant was based on a criminal complaint filed in Vegas, alleging he failed to repay casino loans from the Wynn Las Vegas, totaling about $200,000. You can't fight the casinos. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation, send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio great moments in history. In 1591, Sir Walter Raleigh was imprisoned in the Tower of London for insulting Queen Elizabeth I.
1: I too can command the wind, sir! I have a hurricane in me that will strip Spain bare if you dare to try me! Well,
5: I'd love to stay in chat, but you're a total bitch.
2: In June 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to HouseofCardsRadio.com and click on the Podcast button for all recent show downloads. You're listening to the House of Cards.
4: People act like poker's a new game. It ain't. Same game it's always been. Zeros are different. Let's play some cards. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. We are joined by Hal Koblenz, who is the vice president of the Senior Poker Tour. Now, Hal, are you there? I am. Now, I remember not thinking in terms of seniors until uh, Oklahoma Johnny Hale came out and was touting a senior event. And then uh, the next thing I knew, the World Series of Poker had a senior event. And then it seemed almost every major tournament had a senior event. So why don't you tell us? How the Senior Poker Tour fits into all that. Are you new? Have you been around? Uh, What's the story?
3: Well, we are new. Uh, We kicked off our inaugural series back in January uh, at the Horseshoe Casino out in Tunica. And, you know, it's exactly what you just said. uh, Because there's more and more senior events out there, and the demographics of, of the poker community are starting to move up in age. That's why we decided there was a need and a call for such a tour.
4: Okay, well, let me ask you a couple of questions. I can understand why there would be a woman's tour, and I can because, uh, you know, women historically have been kept out of poker and it's been a man's game. And I can understand why you might have a senior tour in an event that's physically demanding, like um, even golf or tennis. But why would you need a senior tour? in an event that at least for many years was dominated by older players.
3: Well that that's a great question and and the reason for it is simple. A lot of the seniors that are playing right now in the as you know the poker the game of poker has changed throughout the years. And uh, because of that the seniors have kind of felt that they're no longer a part of the game. And that is why we came up with it because uh, after our inaugural series, the feedback was everyone, the camaraderie between the seniors is a lot different. You know, the style of play is a lot different. They, they like the fact that they're not getting free bet with air, you know, um, because of, of what TV has done to the game. You know, um, what people think is the norm of the game has changed. So the style of play has changed, and the seniors do have their own style of play that, um, that hasn't maybe changed as much, and they like, they like playing their game like that.
4: Well, sure, I understand. It makes perfect sense. Tell us about the tour. Where, what events are you going to have?
3: Well, we just kicked off, like I said, we started in January. Uh, we have a, had a fantastic uh, 17 event series in Tunica. Um, that uh, crowned a champion who won over $16,000, I think it was, in the main event. And our next series is going to be in April. Uh, it's April 8th through 13th, and that's going to be the Vegas Spring Classic, which is going to be held at the Stratosphere in Las Vegas.
4: So April 8th through 18th. Now, is the qualification... April 8th through 13th. Through 13th. April 8th through 13th. I see. Is the qualification for being a senior still 50 years old, or have you raised it at all?
3: no 50, 50 is is the you know what we're going with um you know we, we certainly don't fail a seniors below below 50 um, by any means so we we want to keep it at 50 and um, i would say our majority of our players were uh, 55 plus
4: okay um are you also in keeping with the demographic are you spreading games like five draw a single draw low ball and seven card stud or are you just doing hold them
3: no, we are not just doing Holden. We're doing a lot of the, the games that really started the poker, you know, poker as it is. And uh, we have an Omaha. Uh, we have a stud high low. It really depends on the series that we're doing at each location. Um, Some locations, if we're doing a, um, you know, a three-day series or a four-day series, it really depends on what we're doing and how many tournaments we can fit in during that series. All right. Like I said, our first one was 17 events. Um, The one that we're doing in April in in Vegas is only a four-day series, so we're going to have a little bit less uh, events.
4: Well, you said it was the 8th through the 13th, right?
3: 8th, 8th through the 13th, correct?
4: 8 9 10 11 12 13. I count 6 days.
3: That well, that, that one is. I apologize. You're right. So what <laughs> events what
4: so, events are you having 8th, 8th through 16th? I'm a senior but I can still do arithmetic.
3: Uh, yes, you can. Um I don't have the schedule directly in front of me. Okay. Um
4: But you're but not bringing you're not bringing back five card draw. Fair if to say that.
3: Man, if there's a demand for it, we can. But there, we are not in that series. I know there is a Omaha High Low. Um, I do have the schedule in front of me now. April thirteenth is going to be a Omaha High Low.
4: Okay. Do you have any other accommodations for seniors? Like, do you move the bathrooms closer to the floor, or or do you have a high, you know, uh, jumbo index cards, or what? What else do you do for seniors?
3: Well, well, no, we, there's there's none of that. I mean, it, it's held like a normal, normal event, normal series. Uh, we do have a player's card that we have for our players, and we are in negotiations with some other companies to offer some discounts for being a member of the Senior Poker Tour as well.
4: Oh, so it's something that somebody can join, not just play in? Is that it? Like the PGA?
3: Well, no, that is for our players. That is for players. For players that play in the tournament, they will have a SPT Players card, uh, which also tracks their Player of the Year points. We are going to have a Player of the Year uh, tally as well, uh, just like any other series out there, and we'll crown a Player of the Year as well at the end of the year.
4: Now, I noticed that you have some very well-known players who are part of Team SPT. Dennis Phillips... Linda Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, Jan Fisher, I think I read that uh, Tom McAvoy also, is that correct?
3: Uh, right now we have... Uh, Susie Isaacs. We, we, correct. Uh, we've added Donna Blevins as well, and um, Robert Chiburner-Turner uh, just joined our team last week.
4: How did you select these people, and why the heck didn't you call me?
3: Well, I didn't have your phone number, okay, (laughs) and, uh, you know, we we can certainly chat. Uh, You know, we we pick these people for what they represent in the industry, Uh, not necessarily how many bracelets they've won or things like that, but these are all, uh, you know, the Linda Johnsons, the Jan Fishers, they're they're ones who really made a statement in the poker community for what they've done, uh, what they've accomplished, what they've what they've stood for in the poker world. I don't know. You're um, digging
4: yourself deeper and deeper uh, for not asking me. I didn't
3: have your number. You you weren't available. <laughs> That's right.
4: Um, well, I am interested. Are they are they compensated? Are they just being honored? What's the story with people that are part of Team SPT? What does it mean?
3: Well, it just means that they, they are players. They're ambassadors for our chore. I see. They're ambassadors for the tour.
4: And do you have any other venues selected yet, or is it just the first one in Tunica and the second one in Stratosphere, and you're going to wing it from there?
3: No, we're not winging anything. We have a well-thought-out plan. We're going to be uh, at the – I know the Atlantis in Reno has committed uh, to a series. We just don't have a date. We have several others that we're working out the dates. We just need to get all the dates. We're also – running um, several uh, one-day events, which are going to be Day 1As for our championship series, which is going to be held in June. And any of the casinos that want to participate in that can run a Day 1A, with Day 2 culminating um, during the World Series time in June, and that's going to be held at the Golden Nugget uh, for our championship event.
4: Do you have the date?
3: Uh, the date of the championship event is, I can tell you, uh, that's going to be June 8th through the 11th, and that's going to be at the Golden Nugget.
4: Wow, that's fantastic. So you're going to have, it, so for example, you say day 1A, it will be, you may have 15 different places that will run a day one. One might that's be correct. Foxwoods. One might be uh, the Hard Rock in Tampa. One might be uh, the Beau Rivage in uh, Louisiana, and they'll all be I – mean, in fact, this is the way the World Series was supposed to be in my mind. Feeder uh-huh. tournaments all over the world, potentially, sending people who finish high enough in that feeder event to the final competitive round in Las Vegas. What a great idea. Are you going to do international or just U.S.?
3: Well, uh, we're working on U.S. right now. We're certainly not opposed to go international. But that's exactly how it's going to be. The top 10% of the day one uh, people are actually in the money. They'll earn a certain amount of money for for that day one and then come to Vegas in the money for day two, which will be, again, at the Golden Nugget.
4: And it will be a one-day final in Las Vegas, or will it be a two- or a three-day?
3: I believe that one is a two. I don't have that in front of me right now, but I believe it is a two.
4: I see. But I imagine that you're going to keep the hours so that people can go to bed at 6 o'clock because they are seniors after
3: all, right? <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> and our uh, most of our events, we have some morning events. Um, we're going to do some unique ones uh, at the Stratosphere where – we're, um, and at some of our other locations, we're going to do some early birds. We're going to do some late nights. You know, we're going we're gonna to twist it up a little bit.
4: That's great. If they're seniors, if they get in by 4 o'clock p.m., they get 20% off the entry fee, right?
3: <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. Early know, bird where's special. The, where's the blue plate special, right?
4: That's right. You're going to have to serve. Well, I think this is great. This is a great concept, Hal. Now, I do have to ask you, and I hope this isn't an uncomfortable subject,
3: and well, I know what you're
4: going to ask. Uh, maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I'm going I'm, to. Here's my question. When I think of seniors, I think of Oklahoma Johnny Hale. Is he connected uh, to this in any way?
3: Uh, no, he's not.
4: Okay, because I, I love that guy, and I, you know, I used to see him around, and he would be peddling his book or the senior event, and, um, I just wish there was some way that he could get the recognition for really being. The first voice in favor of seniors having their own events?
3: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know I think that that he you know he is probably one of the people that did, just like anything else, is always someone who's, who started the trend and certainly he is one of them.
4: Right. Uh, make sure give your uh, email address so that our listeners that are interested in finding out more can go right to it.
3: Oh well, our website is Senior Poker Tour. Dot com. SeniorPokerTour.com. Yep, very simple, SeniorPokerTour.com. Our Facebook, uh, same thing, is Senior PokerTour. And I can be reached at Hal at com.
4: Hal at SeniorPokerTour.com. Well, this is great, Hal. Um, you don't have any dates lined up for the East Coast yet, I guess.
3: We are actually working on that.
4: Terrific. I hope no, you'll come back no, on when you have more to announce.
3: Right. And on our on our page, on our website, you will see the upcoming date. So we will be updating that very shortly with future dates. Excellent.
4: Well, Hal, I've enjoyed having you on. This is Hal Koblenz, who is the vice president of the Senior Poker Tour, SeniorPokerTour.com. Thank you for joining us, Hal. Thank you very much. We'll be back after a quick break.
0: Just use offer code B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com. Are you still shopping the old fashioned way? Well then buzz on over to bzid.com. bzid is your number one online auction source for brand name new items from companies like Apple, Sony, Canon, Dyson, Samsung, and more at discounts of 75, 85, and 99% off retail.
1: Go to bzid.com and use the offer code VIP and get three bids for the price of one. That's offer code VIP to get three bids for the price of one. Go to bzid.com, B-E-E-Z-I-D.com, bzid.com
2: The key to winning poker is knowledge, and winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments, whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know, it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get winning, no limit hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards radio network. Check us out at HouseofCardsRadio.com. So, what I got
1: a couple of queens and how do you know that cuz i've been watching you you got to tell join us
2: online at houseofcardsradio.com
0: this is where i belong focus my game
4: Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. Before we end, I just want to remind all our listeners that we are always interested in your questions and comments about the show, about the guests, about maybe guests that you'd like us to have on. Send your questions to info at houseofcardsradio.com. We're very interested in them. We'll put them on the air and answer them here. So that will do it for the show. Come back next week for more House of Cards. Good night and good luck.